0: Hi, I'm Madhuni Krishnan, editor of Skift Airline Weekly, and welcome to the podcast. We're doing something a little bit different with the podcast now. We're bringing you audio of our weekly live stream, Mondays with Skift Airline Weekly, which we broadcast every week, every Monday, at 1130 a.m. Eastern. Join us next week. We'll take your questions while we discuss the hottest topics in the airline industry. You can register at forum.skift.com. Hi, and welcome to Mondays with Airline Weekly. I'm your host Madhuni Krishnan, the editor of Skift Airline Weekly, and I'm joined today by uh, Brian Summers, Skift Travels Senior Aviation Business Editor. Good morning, Brian.
1: Good morning, Madhu. Thanks for having me here.
0: Uh, Always a pleasure to have you. Now, Brian and I, little known fact, Brian and I, this is the fourth job I've had where Brian and I have worked together. So um, it's been a while. Uh, so before we get started i just wanted to let uh listeners know that if you have any questions we'll be taking your questions as we go along but if you have any questions use the chat function on the live stream to ask your questions and we'll answer them as they come in so brian let's talk airlines
1: let's talk airlines
0: the bulk of u.s carriers announced their uh reported their their first quarter earnings last week and there's several more to go this week you've been on it we've both been covering the uh the earnings um but I want to get your take. What, what, what did the first quarter look like for U.S. carriers? And is this was the first quarter likely to have been the best quarter for the car- industry? Yeah, as
1: bad as things looked uh, in the first quarter, and most airlines lost hundreds of millions of dollars, if not more than a billion dollars, <laughs> uh, it probably is the best operating quarter for these airlines for the year. We remember January and February was pretty uh, robust. Uh it sounds so stupid now, right? But a lot of <laughs> people were saying, oh well, you know, this is just an Asian issue. United is gonna have uh, the most pressure because they have the most flights to Asia, but no problem here. Everybody knows that's not true anymore. Um so several airlines have come out in the past week and 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 tried to tell investors that this is not going to be the same US airline industry going forward as you remember. You know, people had hoped that we would get this V-shaped curve. I'm sure if folks are watching here, they know that's hopeless at this point. Airlines are going to be smaller going forward than they were in the past. Um, After the earnings call last week from United Airlines, uh, they came out and did some displacement for their pilots, Um, sort of a complicated thing, as our our viewers know. But basically, they said they are going to need a whole lot, thousands fewer pilots uh, going forward than... Prior to March. Uh, So, this is going to be a
0: whole. Now, just so we're clear, when you say um, smaller industry, do you mean in terms of, are we talking headcount or are we talking fleet size or both?
1: Uh, As you know, Madhu, we're probably uh, talking both here. Uh, Most airlines in in the United States have hundreds of airplanes parked either in short-term storage or long-term storage. A few of them have actually said they're retiring aircraft already. So we know uh, Americans 75 and 76 fleet are not coming back. Delta's MD-90 fleet is not coming back, and I'm sure United will have um, something as well. Um, as far as headcount, right, it's really nice that the U.S. government is paying most employee costs uh, until September 30th. But my goodness, Madhu, since October 1st comes around, uh, lots of people are going to lose their jobs. At the headquarters, they'll probably just be uh, straight layoffs. Uh, union employees are lucky because they have furlough rights, uh, but there is just no way that this level uh, of employment is sustainable. I mean, I suppose the US government could come out and pay people salaries going forward on that.
0: Right, uh, just just so we explain it to viewers, who may not be familiar um, for those of you outside the US, the, the CARES Act, the federal <clears throat> stimulus bailout, or however you want to put it, um, mandated that airlines took the funds for payroll protection, have to maintain their staffs until September 30th. Um, And I think United was one of the first to warn that, uh, it will be a smaller airlines from October 1st, right? But but, yes, I
1: think Delta did as well.
0: Yeah. And even Gary Kelly mentioned the unmentionable, Mm -hmm. um, the unthinkable rather, and that, uh, that, uh, there could be involuntary furloughs as a last resort at uh, Southwest, something that's never happened since 1971. And one of our listeners reminds us that American—what was that, Brian? Was that, Brian? The, nobody's
1: ever seen a crisis like this before. There's nothing to compare it to. I mean, Southwest <laughs> really- has had all these consecutive years of profits and never furloughed anyone, but they've never seen anyone anything like this. Uh, I, I imagine those streaks have to end, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, mean, they, they do. It's—it's it's just uh, you know we were talking the planning for this call, we're on the cusp of, I mean, we, I don't think anyone really knows how the economy is going to change and when, when, and if, when and in what form travel will come back. Um, So Brian, what are some of the other takeaways you got from, uh, from the earnings call? Let's, let's, let's start with, um, um, let's start with, uh, uh, American airlines, which, you know, going into the crisis was, um, for fairly or unfairly, was characterized as the sort of the in the weakest position. The big three. What what's what in what did Parker and company say about uh, about the 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 road ahead for American?
1: Yeah, American was in the weakest position, but I guess that we have to take a step back and say what weakest was at any other point in airline history. American's position probably would have been pretty good um they were making money they had a sustainable business model they just weren't making as much money as their competitors and they had more debt of course that debt is a problem right now so american has come out and said they're going to be a smaller airline that's what everyone says throughout this whole process going back a couple of months I, i don't know if this is just because of who doug parker is as a person but they've been a little bit more positive um, than some of the other airlines, certainly more positive um, than United. So uh, they took an analyst question about whether they might close any hubs. And Doug went with the political answer of, uh, no, of course not, you know, all our hubs are important to us. And you know those of us who follow this closely know that some of the hubs weren't in great position, even, even going back a little bit, um, especially the big city hubs where they have a lot of competition so it'd be interesting to see what American does with its hubs uh, going forward. They did say, um, as a lot of airlines have said, you know, probably domestic will come back soon, sooner mm-hmm. in the United States. And maybe they're well positioned with those two big hubs in, in, in Charlotte and, and Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, it'll probably be a long time before we flights come back.
0: Yeah, well, well, what about their Latin franchise? Excuse me, uh, American Airlines is you know the strongest what, the strongest network in, in Latin America, yeah. and it's a region that is not as brutally affected by the COVID nineteen pandemic as other regions of the world. Do you think that uh, did Parker mention anything about the Latin franchise and what that might mean for? Yeah, I don't
1: remember him mentioning anything about the Latin franchise, but you probably also followed the call. Did you Did you hear anything?
0: Uh, no, but I, you know, I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering where how, how the, uh, the airline will be positioned with that franchise. I mean, is it, is it, you know, there was some economic softness going into COVID-19, the pandemic in the region, um, that, which this is only exacerbated. I, I'm, and I, I haven't figured out or nor do, have I really heard whether it's a, uh, it, it will be a source of strength or continuing weakness for American.
1: Yeah, it's hard to know. You've interviewed a lot of airline executives in your day. They love to talk about how their assets are mobile and they will just yeah. move them to wherever demand is. Right. Uh, so they're probably just waiting to see what happens. I imagine that if you have a franchise that's that good and that historically important. Uh, you would keep it in some way, shape or form, but I don't know how robust it will be going forward.
0: Right. Um, now about the domestic piece of it, the this seems to be the emerging consensus that uh, domestic travel anywhere, not just in the U.S. but all over the world, countries with large domestic markets will see those, those airlines and those networks come back faster than long haul. Uh, bringing it to the U.S. that that should uh, should be in Southwest and say JetBlue's or Alaska's favor, right?
1: Uh, one would think so. Um, you know, it, a lot of us are saying that conventional wisdom is that domestic will come back first. You know, it probably will. But there are also some people out there that are saying people are going to prefer to go 100 or 200 miles from home. Um, maybe they're going to want to drive instead of fly. Um, I know at Airline Weekly this week, Madhu, uh, you guys wrote a cover story just about the safety and the health impacts of travel. So, I mean, I want to, I want to bring this back to you and ask like, you know, th- th- there's going to be people that say, I only want to drive. I have control. I'm not even going to stop for the bathroom. I'm going to get mm-hmm. to my Airbnb and I'm going to be fine. A lot of the, th- these airlines today are coming up with these new ways of cleaning airplanes. They're trying to message how safe it is to fly. What do you, what do you think of all these plans? Is this going to work?
0: Well, you know, I think a parallel can be drawn to the, uh, immediate aftermath of or after effects of the September 11th, 2001 terrorist attacks, something, you know, some measures were, were, were valid and um, were permanent, like reinforcing cockpit doors and, and the security measures, especially in U S airports. I don't know if you remember, you could all, you could go up to the gate to see your family and friends off that changed. Right. So enhanced security, in -flight procedures etc th- those were implemented and stayed and were generally considered use- useful some other some other um, procedures and te- and technique um, procedures like uh, removing your shoes or limiting liquids to 100 milliliters I mean that ha- those things have been derided as security theater and the people I spoke to for this story you know said no one really knows what sort of public health measures right will be useful and will be permanent but are warning against devolving into health theater right so doing things that are just sort of to reassure the public that serve no no public health benefit um and one of one of the things you know the the people are thinking through like some of some things like fogging the aircraft with disinfectant and Enhanced cleaning procedures are likely here to stay, according to the people I've talked to. But some are of, lim- are of questionable use. I mean, one, one uh, I'm sure we've all heard of Emirates testing a, a rapid result COVID-19 blood test on flights from Dubai to Tunisia. Um, that raises enormous, question- enormous privacy questions, right? I mean, there's you're giving a government and an airline a blood sample. And the possibility for mission creep that this could, you know, that da- the data from your blood could be used for other things besides screening for, pro- uh, for COVID-19, whether screening for HIV or, you know, or other infectious diseases. I mean, that, these, are, these are things that haven't been figured out yet. And, and whether, the, you know, once we've gotten past the immediate, the immediate uh, pandemic, right, and will people be more alarmed by giving up their blood data? Then, um, then, then reassured that they're being safe? I mean, these questions haven't been worked out. And, you know, the other thing with the blood test is it takes several minutes, up to 10 minutes or 10 to 15 minutes for these results to be returned. That's fine now. Aircraft are flying empty. Airports are empty. But imagine trying to load 10 A380s, right? 500 people each and taking 10 minutes per passenger for a blood test before screening. So some of these things like, and, you know, there are other questions that have been... A patchwork of of health regulations. That the key is, airlines and airports and governments need to work together to standardize what is acceptable. Right. I mean, one question that was asked is if you if you're flying from Sydney to New York via Dubai and you need you're diagnosed you're you're, temper- are you quarantined? Are you quarantined in Dubai? Who pays for it? I mean, none of these things are known. So I guess the key that I've heard is that the measures need to be proven to have a public health benefit and there needs to be standardization so airlines passengers and air- governments know clearly what what the rules are and what needs to what needs to happen and how they can react
1: all right so what did you learn in your reporting about this idea of blocking the middle seats right instead of being this far away from someone <laughs> you're this far which is fine but that's not 6 feet that's not 2 meters like is this and- is that meter
0: it is theater. I mean, it's doing, you know, it's reassuring the few people who are flying now that the airlines are doing something proactive and taking, you know, taking their health seriously. But you're right. I mean, it's not, it's not a meter. You're, you're maybe what? Two feet away, three feet, like 30, 30 something inches away from, from your neighbor or 18, whatever. Whatever the width of a seat is. <laughs> you're that. Uh, no spatial skills. Excuse me. Um, but, uh, and also is it how is that sustainable right for an airline like spirit or or you know volaris or an ultra low cost carrier that has built its business model on densely packed planes between carrying passengers between leisure destinations for very low airfares that is not a sustainable business model to give up you know one third of your seats
1: look i understand that airlines are desperate for revenue any revenue they can find but i think we're going to look at this in a couple of years and just like laugh at some of the ideas. I I tweeted a a memo that came out from United over the weekend where they're going to meter the way people get off the plane. So the president is going to make an announcement. The first five rows can get off. The second five rows can get off. And like, we're not doctors. We're not public health experts, Madhu. But we are two people in California that have been told to stay home for two months straight and like it doesn't really match with the things that our governors, our mayors are telling us about social. Distancing. Right. Um, people probably saw over the weekend. Um, Gary Kelly, uh, CEO of Southwest Airlines, uh, said something in the order of it's relatively safe to fly. Right. We do.
0: That's right. He did. He said on CNBC he thinks it's safe to fly that he's looking forward to taking his family on their beach vacation in July. Um, which. Is he nuts? <laughs> i don't think he's nuts. Or
1: living in texas too long
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't think he's nuts and i i do think i don't know uh, it's safe enough to fly i mean I, I do like there are so few people flying right now and airlines really are doing a good job with disinfecting and cleaning the cabins so it's as safe as it will be. i don't know i'm not i'm not an infectious disease We're neither of us are infectious diseases. no i know
1: is
0: it you know i guess uh is it but is it's is it safe enough is the question.
1: I know. I, I, I'm curious. Uh, Medu and I are monitoring the, the chat here on the screen. I mean, does anybody have any thoughts about whether some of these U.S. carriers are jumping the gun by telling everybody it's safe and they can get back on an airplane in July? Because I know a lot of other countries are basically sitting their airlines down. You know. yeah.
0: yeah, no, that, that's exactly right. I mean, the, Congress is mandating that airlines keep at least... Their, um, their, most of their roots um, intact. And that's probably necessary for the U.S. economy as it starts to to open up again. But, uh, but right, I mean, it, the contrast between the U.S. and, say, Argentina, which shut down its airspace till, what, September 1st, and India, which has uh, basically shut down its airspace, I mean, this is I think the key that IATA director General Alexander de has said on several of these media briefings he's had over the last few weeks and that is there needs to be some kind of standardization and coordination otherwise airlines just will not um, uh, will will not have the clarity they need to operate um, uh, we got an interesting
1: uh, question from from the chat here. Um, I'm going to ask it to you, Madhu. Um, I mean, do you think that governments should be in the business of supporting airlines right now, or should we see more of them
0: go away? I think there will be a widowing, and that's only natural, right? This is, uh, you know, there. It's the nature of business. Those the some will survive, some won't, and um, I'm not saying they're there's too much air service. No, but the you know, it, it's a changed business world uh, economy, and there will be a winnowing. Do I think government should support airlines? Um, yes, I do, to some degree, because they, they are critical infrastructure, the especially in a country as large as ours, the US or say, Russia or India or China, I mean, there there's just no feasible alternative to try to connecting the country. Um, keeping, you know, keep connecting all points of the country um, so uh, recognize governments need and governments need to do something to ensure that airlines survive now whether that's full nationalization as has hap- just re- happened in Italy <laughs> or um, or if it's some sort of state aid like is happening here in Europe and elsewhere um, that's up to that's
1: so um, I guess in this situation I've become a pessimist um, and maybe I've always been but I haven't been wrong yet. And I'm, I'm thinking to the future, Madhu, and I, like, I know people are going to fly again, and I know the industry is going to come back someday. I'm just not sure how, how quickly is it going to happen. So if you're the U.S. government, are you eventually, if we talk about the end of the year, uh, post-September 30th, going to have to make some decisions about which airlines you bail out and which you don't? Or do you suspect they're still going to go one-size-fits-all when they have to come back with money after September 30th?
0: That's a very good question. I don't. I don't. uh, Maybe that's when the winnowing happens. Maybe you know, these carriers, uh, United's president, incoming CEO, Scott Kirby said the carrier will be a lot smaller um, on October first. Maybe that's what needs to happen for in the short term. And whenever there's destruction, there's creation, right? I mean, the industry as it is now will get smaller for a while. And that may open up space for new business models and new new entrants it all you know that's what's happened in the past in other recessions and uh and i i that's probably what'll happen going forward so i don't, i don't i don't know if more state aid is necessary that sort of preserves the status quo of the industry as it was in say january um but uh i you know it's just i think there there'll be an adaptation and change to the industry and, uh, as the economy evolves um let's see here's a Here's a question that's sort of uh, sort of interesting. Brian, um, thoughts on domestic leisure versus business. Why, do you, why don't uh, you go first and we'll, we'll talk about it.
1: You know, um, there's some conventional wisdom on this. I don't know that I have formed an opinion yet, so I'll share the conventional wisdom, which is probably right. Uh, people are thinking, and I think airlines think as well, um, that domestic leisure will come back first. Yes, we may see a pretty bad recession, but we're going through this long period now of pent up demand. People want to get outside. They want to visit their families. They can't, Um, they're just going to want to fly again. Um, So leisure probably comes back first. It tends to come back first after uh, most recessions. Of course, this is more than a recession. Uh, Business is a little bit more complicated. First on the health aspects, Um, You know, even if it's sort of safe uh, to fly, it's one thing to make the decision on your own to go on vacation. You're in charge, you made it. It's a little bit different when you work for a company and they have continuity of care and they are supposed to keep you safe. Uh, You may remember early in March, before individuals were canceling vacations, businesses said, do not travel. Mm -hmm. And I think that was just because they wanted to be extra special careful. So they were extra special careful on the way in. I think they'll be careful on the way out just because of the health reasons. And then you add that, this idea that we'll probably cut travel budgets, they fly less. Uh, So for all those reasons, people expect domestic leisure to come back first. Um, Madhu, do you agree with that wisdom or are you going to go the other way?
0: Absolutely. I think you're exactly right. And just to put it even more, to put it, you know, to boil it down to the human level, people will still be getting married, people's relatives will still be getting sick and dying, people will still be having children. In other words, there are these life events, I mean, life will go on and people will want to be at their, you know, niece's wedding or their, their, um, their granddaughter's graduation or some, you know, there'll be a reason, I think that'll come back first the human need to see each other, but you're right. I think business travel will be constrained for a good long time, especially, you know, I don't, I, I'm not in the camp. There's, there's a camp that says these zoom calls were all on the video conferencing, you know, that's going to finally kill off, um, air travel. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to remember what, you know, in the the late nineties when email was going to kill off air business travel. Uh, so I think their businesses will change and there probably will be fewer face-to-face meetings, but you're there are always going to be customers that need to be seen and factories that need to be toured. So it'll come back, but in a different way.
1: And I don't want to give away our secret. Um, I assume uh, viewers here like airplanes. I like airplanes, uh, something that isn't talked about as much and perhaps I'm in the minority, but I don't think so. Uh, people like to do business travel on, <laughs> you know, it just is and i think for that reason uh it, it'll never go away
0: yeah i think you're right i now whether conventions come back as quickly as uh, other sorts of business travel i'm not sure no. and that that's kind of what i'm hearing as well i mean I, I can't remember who said it on one of these earnings calls that the you know convention remains to be seen um so uh you know we have kind of a, a an interesting question here uh that I think we both agree with but let's get our thoughts on this flying is probably as safe or safer than bus rails subways etc are you suggesting none of those public transportations will be okay by july brian you want to take this okay. one okay
1: so um i was uh media trained right and so my media trainer told me to start anything like this by saying i am not a public health expert <laughs> Pivot to the answer so i'm not a public health expert Um, like this is a complicated question. I think that our answers, Madhu and I, our answers are clouded a little bit by the fact that we're in California, we're in a state that is taking this pretty seriously. So we're being told by our mayors and governors that you shouldn't take uh, the subway. You shouldn't take the bus unless you absolutely need to. If you do take the bus, you board on the back door and you wear a mask and you stay away from the driver. Mm -hmm. We don't have any expectation that a lot of those things in California are going to be lifted for a while. Then, if we talk about the reason people are taking the bus or the subway, they're they're taking it to get to work, either because they have an essential job or a job that to them is essential because they need it to make a living. Mm -hmm. Look, there are people that have to fly now. They are essential workers. They're hospital workers. They're doctors. They have to get from point A to point B. Um, But we're not talking about people taking the subway or the bus to get to work. We're talking about Gary Kelly going on vacation with his family in July. (laughs) That's his call to make, that's people's call to make. Again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a public health expert, but I think my own family, we're just gonna try to wait this out. And I think a lot of other families feel the same way.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. I think if you have, I think, uh, you know, I'm I'm not a doctor and I don't even play one on TV. But uh, we, you know, the uh, tra- pu- um, authorities and businesses, the author- you know, the transit authorities that run buses and trains and what have you and airlines are working as hard as they can to make their forms of transit as safe as they can and as clean as they can. Um, and they're working within, you know, state, federal, local guidelines. And um, and but it's it. Uh, so I'm. I can't say that it's safe or not to answer your question. I just could say people will, will travel as they need to travel to, as Brian's point. And
1: um, look, it's an interesting thing about the United States and and other big countries. I mean, it's 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 very regional in focus. Uh, right. I guess if you're in certain states and cities that are opening back up, um, you feel differently, but. New York, San Francisco, LA, they're not opening back up. And those are big aviation markets, so.
0: Yeah. I mean, the streetcar line in my neighborhood shut down. They replaced it with buses, just precisely so people can board in the back and not be near the operator. So, um, you know, they're, everyone, everyone's taking this seriously, making making transportation as safe as it possibly can. Do I have
1: a question for you because it's come up a little bit. Like, how important are U.S. employee unions in deciding some of these uh, safety measures that, that airlines are taking up? Is this is is this being driven by AFA and Alpa and other unions?
0: I don't know if it's been driven by it, but they're definitely part of the conversation. I mean, Alpa has been and AFA have both been very vocal about, uh, you know, reaching out to lawmakers and. Uh, about the need for enhanced cleaning, for example, the need for masks, the need for um, protective gear uh, so uh, um, they've been they've been active, and I think the airlines have listened to this and want to ensure you know not just that their passengers are safe but that their employees feel like they have a safe environment in which to work. so um, you know that's the other piece of this that I think we that often gets lost in the discussion when we're talking about is travel safe and what airlines are flying as safe as they can and airports that uh you know they they have to also reassure their employees that it's safe to come
1: we do i cannot wait to get on an airplane again <laughs> uh, I, I don't know
0: about i wonder it. when that'll be i mean i wonder if we'll, either of us will fly this year it remains to be seen yeah. all right well um thank you all for asking your questions um we will be posting a replay of this uh, of this webinar on um, on airlineweekly.com um, on our, our website, which is airlineweekly.com uh, and we will be just distributing the audio as a podcast. Brian, I want to thank you very much for joining me this morning.
1: Thank you. Uh, and any criticisms please send to my social media accounts. I'd be happy to hear them.
0: Or you can reach me at mu@ at skiff.com. Goodbye.